0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a difficult passage to preach on, so I'll be honest with you. I was chicken and saved it because I feared we'd be smaller with one service. So if I was going to take a chance and talk about it, I wasn't going to do it to a larger crowd. So thank you for being my guinea pigs. This uh, story, perhaps some of you, if you think back, um, I'm going to say, well, now, well, it's a good two decades ago. Uh, the gentleman by the name of Carmen who used to sing a song about this battle. Uh, you'll have to look it up. And it was, uh, if you want to say, New Age music at the time. And he went through and he did the voices uh, of, of the different people uh, in the song. And it was the battle of heaven. It was the clashing of titans. So if you look up Carmen um, and you'll be able to hear uh, it song of Satan's fall from heaven. And it's uh, unnerving to hear it put to song because you have these different images of it. But the battle uh, that he does and the voices that you hear, you hear the attack. And it's set to music and it's more ballad-like. It's more um, opera-like. It's more theater-like. It tells a story rather than just a song uh, that you might listen to and sing along with. It's one that you hear. And so often as we hear these words and we talk about the archangel, as we talk about Michael, we're a little caught up. And we want to know so many things that we can get distracted in this story. Because once you start talking about heaven, there's so many things you want answered. And when you start talking about the devil's defeat, there's so much that you want to know. But God gives us the pieces that we need to know. He gives us the parts that we need to understand. And so we need to understand that not everything was perfect, that the angels clashed, and that Satan was cast out of heaven. That's the simple part of it. Now, you might have a whole bunch of other questions along with it, but you're just going to have to put a pin in it for now. And all the things that came along with him falling out of heaven, I, I, I think, it's not that I want to give the devil credit, but you need to understand what we're up against, Okay. Every time you hear an angel mentioned in scripture, people's reaction what is they're happy, they're joyful? And it says no and they were very afraid, okay? That there's something of a magnitude in their character, that there's something that you know you're standing in the presence of somebody who's not mortal so to speak or somebody that is not earthly, somebody that has something more to them than just our normal strength, our normal valor. And so To know that Satan has that power that is not of our own, but is gifted to him by God and that he fell from heaven. We need to know what we're up against. That we didn't do battle against him, but the angels did battle against him. And did it say that Satan was alone or did he have a crew along with him? He had a crew along with him. Because anybody that falls into sin, we're really good at finding company, aren't we? Even the angels so even when they fall into sin even when they and so they're cast out of heaven And it says he's cast out to where where is he cast out to To earth a lot of times people think that he was cast out to hell, right, but he's cast out to earth And he's not happy about it And we know that misery loves company, right? So if we're having a bad day, what do you and I do about our bad day? We go away. So nobody else is impacted by it, right? No, we just let it go on to everybody else. And so we get this warning in here that the devil's on the prowl. And in scripture, we know that he prowls around like a roaring lion, right? And if a lion roars at you and there's no fence between the two of you, what are you supposed to do? Run, right? Okay, you know that, right? Okay, because you're going to get eaten. And for some reason, we don't think of the devil in that way as that roaring lion. We don't think of him as being around in different places. Sometimes we try to safeguard ourselves. And as it continues on in the part of Revelation, though, we begin to see what God does to protect us from him. And the first name that is mentioned of how we are protected from him is the name of Jesus. Christ is mentioned. And he talks about the blood of the lamb. He talks about what is shed for us and talks about what that accomplishes. So he notes what the bad is. And then he says how it's taken care of. He doesn't say how it's offset. He doesn't say how it's approached. He says how it's taken care of. There's completeness to his common. Okay. It's not just something that is dealt with on a regular basis, but it's something that is completely taken care of in Christ. So what do you and I do with that? Well, actually, if you want to grab your hymnals in front of you, I want you to open up to hymn number 464. So hymn number 464. And some of you have sung this numerous times in your life. Some of you uh, may not be familiar with it. But traditionally, the time of season when hymn number 464 is sung, do you know what time of season it's sung? Easter, it's a hymn of victory, but it starts with these words that says the strife is o'er, the battle done. When you use the word strife and you use the word battle, does that conjure up something that's happy or does it ta- come up with an idea of struggle, of work, of hardship, right? Strife is not a light word. Okay. It should, it should create in you some feeling of that something had to be sacrificed. Something had to be given. It was not a simple task. It says, now is the victory's, victor's triumph won. Now be the song of praise begun. And each refrain goes back to it with the word, Alleluia, of praise and gratefulness. Alleluia, a word of worship. Hallelujah, A word of bended knee before the king. And it talks about the powers of death and their worst being done. It talks about Christ. Um, legions hath dispersed. And it talks about so much going on there. But go ahead and keep your finger in there. And we'll, we're going to finish with the last verse in there. But why why have this conversation on this day where we're getting ready to go and serve? Why talk about the devil's fall? From heaven, why talk about the battle that's done, and why bring up an Easter Easter song that deals with death but also with resurrection? Here's the question I have for you: Are you living day by day as if though tomorrow is promised to you? Are you living today as if though tomorrow is guaranteed for you? Are you living today as if you have a right to have? tomorrow? Are you living today as if tomorrow is just given to you because of who you are and you are guaranteed to have another tomorrow? Just because of your being. Are you living today as if there's no tomorrow? Are you worried that it's never going to happen? Are you worried what would come next? And what's the difference of living between those two approaches and living as if though eternity has already been won for you? Are you living as if tomorrow is promised? That you think it's actually going to happen? Are you worried that there might not be a tomorrow? When you look at everything's going on? Or knowing that things are uncertain... Do you live knowing that eternity has been won for you? We take it for granted, don't we? Each day. That as something comes up, as something gets in our way, as we encounter another struggle, or something good comes along, or somebody has it easier than us, or somebody has it better than us, or we have a great day, right? We take it for granted sometimes thinking, oh, I'll get to that tomorrow. Sometimes we think that we can rectify a situation, thinking that we can apologize to somebody else, that tomorrow I'll fix things up because today I didn't have the chance, or I'm just too stressed and I can't handle it today. I just need to be done. I need to escape for a little bit. I need to go do something. I need a little time off. I need a little bit of a break because you know what? I'll just take care of it tomorrow. See, you and I, sometimes in our sinful selves, we think that tomorrow is promised to us. We think that we're owed it. We think that because of what we did, that we'll take care of talking to somebody tomorrow, even though we hurt them today, but we just need a little time to cool off. And so thinking as the earth, the world would talk to us thinking in earthly matters, we think that we have the right to take the time of what we want to take. But we can also switch it and we can live in fear that tomorrow is never going to come. We can live in fear that we don't have enough time. We can live in fear that we don't know what we're doing. We can live in fear that we'll never reach everybody. And all of a sudden that fear can become overpowering and squash us down to a point where we don't do anything. Where we become immobilized. But what happens when you look at each and every day. With all of its sins and all of its praises. Knowing that you have eternal life won for you. That the strife that you have in your sins is over. And that the battle's already been won. That if an angel can cast out another angel from heaven, think of what God can do because he created the angels. Because he created you and me. The one who has power and dominion even over them and over the whole earth. And all of a sudden, when you and I begin to understand that Jesus Christ came into this world to die a death that we cannot die, to give of himself the way that we cannot give of ourselves, to pay a price with his very blood that we cannot pay. And that as you and I go into this world, right, baptizing all nations, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop there, does it? It says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, right, teaching them. What the devil went against, teaching them what God has asked them to do in relationship with teaching them that he has forgiven our sins and won for us eternal life. What happens when you and I then begin to live our life knowing that tomorrow is not promised, but we have a gift of today? Because in that gift of eternal life, we've been equipped to take what we know and to share it with others, to take what we have been shown in Christ and give it to others, to take what has been given to us, the forgiveness of our sins, the washing away of our sins and the working of us with the Holy Spirit. And we get to go and give that to somebody else. Because we know a promise that is for today and for all eternity. But it's not that we're just hoping for tomorrow. We're living today because of what we've been asked to do. The hymn finishes with these words Lord, by the stripes which wounded thee, from death's dread sting thy servants free, that we may live and sing to thee. Alleluia. Today you and I have opportunity to sing praises to God by how we move our feet, by how we move our hands, and the words that we share. I pray that you will be a blessing to others, and may you know what was won for you on that day on Calvary, and may you know what is won for you this day, and may you know the gift of it for all eternity. May you be sure and certain of it as you share it with others, because we do not know what their tomorrow holds, but we know that our Savior already holds us. May that be your comfort and peace, and may you continue to reach to others this day. Amen.